We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. New England sending QB Jimmy Garoppolo to 49ers. We believe we found the right guy. Garoppolo, quick pass, caught by Kittle. He dives, and he's in. Touchdown, 49ers. Kittle is going to go. Touchdown. Yo, what up, people? Crazy NFL weekend, San Francisco 49ers. The least craziest part, the number one seed in the NFC advances. 27-10 win over the Minnesota Vikings. Really, they manhandled Kirk Cousins. They made him look small offensively. And then Kyle, on the other side of the ball, it was a ground attack. They came out throwing with Jimmy G. He threw a pick. It was close at halftime. And the 49ers really blew the lid off this thing. Tevin Coleman, the surprise star, over 100 yards, and really attacked Minnesota in the second half and wore them down. Impressive win. They imposed their will. And now they're going to face the Green Bay Packers in the NFC Championship game at Levi Stadium. The turnaround in three seasons. Absolutely unbelievable. Take a bow. Jed York, Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch, Jimmy G, Richard Sherman. (laughs) It's crazy. There's so many characters, and I tweeted it. They have the right people in the right roles, and it's all coming to fruition Getting D Ford back was a tremendous lift. And yeah, welcome to Striking Gold. I'm Kevin Jones. You're going to get 49ers analysis. This episode is brought to you by Untuck It. Promo code BLUE, 20% off. Button down shirts, the whole nine. Um, I think you have to start with the defense. The 49ers are, I believe, the best team left in the tournament. 49ers, Packers, Titans, Chiefs. 
because their defense can win them games. And you've seen it now against Minnesota. You've seen it against the Green Bay Packers. Even against Seattle in Week 17 with Dre Greenlaw on the goal line. They did it again this week. It was, was it five sacks or six sacks on Kirk Cousins? They started steamrolling him late. Armstead had one. Buckner had one. D. Ford had a huge sack right before halftime. Minnesota had gotten the ball in good field position after a bad Jimmy G interception. And then D. Ford had a sack, forced a field goal, kept points off the scoreboard. They were using D. Ford at the D tackle position. They were moving everyone around. Nick Bosa was playing at the right defensive end spot at times. Dalvin Cook totally stifled. And yeah, Kirk Cousins never found a rhythm. I'm not going to sit here and brag about Akilah Witherspoon. It was a really foolish decision by San Francisco to stick with the player. If Emmanuel Mosley had been the third-round pick and Akilah Witherspoon was the undrafted guy, it's clear Mosley would be holding onto the spot. You, It doesn't matter where someone's drafted. It matters who's performing. And I think you saw it automatically. Mosley came on the field and performed at a higher level than Akilah Witherspoon. They were able to shut down Stefan Diggs. Adam Thielen... He kind of gave up on that route that Richard Sherman intercepted. It was kind of his fault and kind of Kirk's fault. Kirk, every close-up of him, he was kind of wincing. It was just an uncomfortable afternoon. And then the Cleveland Browns go ahead and hire Kevin Stefanski. I don't think it'll be a bad hire, but it's just funny. Like, if the 49ers would have lost, were they going to hire Robert Sala? Did they just feel the pressure of wanting to have to hire someone? It's interesting how those things play out. Like, the very next day, Kevin Stefanski got hired. They only had one opening left. Why weren't they just going to wait until the Super Bowl and see how things play out with Robert Sala? What if they pitch a couple shutouts here? I don't understand some of these coach searches. There's pressure from fan base to get someone in the building. Mike McCarthy, one of the Packers. That's another day, another topic. Right now, the 49ers are advancing to the NFC Championship game. Yeah, it was interesting because Kyle comes out and they're throwing the ball. Kendrick Bourne, nice play over the middle. Debo Samuel, Emmanuel Sanders. Jimmy G goes five of six on the first drive. Touchdown Kendrick Bourne. He hits four different receivers. You know, they look hot. And then offensively, I mean, Jimmy G finishes 11 of 19 for like 130 something yards. Kyle took the game out of his hands after the interception and he just saw that they could wear down Minnesota. San Francisco won on the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. Their first-round draft picks are there. McGlinchey overcame a rough start to the first half and really kind of buckled down and has been anchor in this run offense. Uh, Mike Person back in the lineup was a good fit. Yeah, and then, I mean, Joe Staley is still playing at a high level. Minnesota came in with a great D-line. The 49ers, I thought this game was going to be closer. I'm not going to lie. I predicted 34 28, I thought they were going to find some rhythm. Dalvin Cook, Rudolph, Thielen, Diggs. That's too many weapons that someone is going to have a big day. And they pretty much contained everything. And it had similar vibes of when San Francisco first played Green Bay. They got on the scoreboard early in Minnesota, so they were able to keep things at bay. But it was three and out city after that. I think their longest drive was like seven plays, 40 yards. And Kirk Cousins leaves that whole organization in kind of a mystery spot. Is he truly enough? He's going to be on a contract year next year. He beat San Francisco. They're in a good spot. 
Yeah, I mean, the 49ers just took care of business. They executed their game plan. Kyle in the locker room afterwards, I mean, they ran the ball 47 times. They ran it down their throat late in the game. Tevin Coleman. It's great to have this. And poor Matt Breida fumble late. He was finally like getting out of Kyle's doghouse, and then he fumbled in a playoff game. My God. Debo almost fumbled. They called his knee down. Yeah, I mean, there were some big plays in this game. Nick Bosa kind of got called for an unnecessary roughness. They didn't show the replay, but uh, Vikings players afterwards not happy. Then he went down late and looked like Nick Bosa may have like hurt his abdominal. Not sure what it was, but he heard people chanting his name and he got up right away. Uh, thank God. When that dude's on and D Ford's on the field, this team feels like it's on another level. And I tweeted New York Giants, OCU Minora. Vaughn Miller, DeMarcus Ware that year. The defense feels like it's getting to that level that they can wreck a game plan like they did Kirk Cousins and like they've done a lot this year. Um, I'm a little more scared of Green Bay than everyone, but I've also said all year about the Niners, they're not going to make the Super Bowl this year. So how can you take this seriously from me? Honestly, they've proven everyone wrong. I think Richard Sherman, even after the game, saying like people still don't understand how good our defense was. Truly, like, they they truly, when they can turn on like they did, they're another level. And I don't think the Chiefs are bringing that heat defensively. The Packers are not. And the, the Titans are a little bit. Some other people have tweeted it too. The Titans could potentially be a tough matchup too. I think, like, the, the tougher matchup looms in the Super Bowl. And I want to get all into the Packers as well. But, you know... Think about how far this team has come. That 2018 season over against Minnesota, it was actually Kirk Cousins' first game in Minnesota too, Jimmy G's first game. Two seasons later, during the playoffs, and the 49ers look like they've made the right decision trading for Jimmy Garoppolo and not trying to sign Kirk Cousins. So many dominoes have stacked up and led to this decision. Um, Richard Sherman... (laughs) That is obviously panned out. And I think, obviously, Emmanuel Mosley is going to be on the field the rest of the season. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. Even if he gets burnt a little bit, I want him to play through the burning because I think he can. He was getting hands. He gets away with being handsy. He's like handsy at the perfect time when the ball gets there, undrafted from Tennessee, has floated into this building. And I'm ready to say if he plays well and they win a Super Bowl, I'm ready to start with him next year. And I, you know, I love Witherspoon for sure. You got Kendrick Bourne coming up on a contract year too. You could have a team like the Redskins. I'm not sure who has a ton of cap room, but there's some wide receiver needy teams who could, you know, splurge on a Kendrick Bourne. This is what happens when you make the playoffs. Some of your guys are under the microscope. Kendrick Bourne performing really big in some key moments there. Um, we didn't even talk about the muff punt. That's when things really spiraled out of control for Minnesota. They muffed the punt, and the 49ers can't even remember. Did they punch that in the end zone or not? I think they only got three out of that. They were getting close down there. There was a little bit of frustration. This was not a flawless game from the 49ers, but it was still a dominant enough performance. DeForest Buckner was just a force all day, a quiet force, the you know, really the quiet engine of the defense. Quan Alexander returned. The 49ers were more physical. Pull up the tape. They're knocking people back. Dalvin Cook 
didn't play well at all. Most teams have not been able to shut him out. In the screen game, they were gobbling him up. And just Kirk Cousins looks so uncomfortable. Um, thank God it's not Seattle, to be honest. I'd be a little bit more nervous, and I don't think it's an automatic win against Green Bay. But the fact that Seattle lost this weekend, Baltimore lost this weekend to Tennessee, the Patriots are out, the path has never been this clear. The Titans are in the AFC championship game as a sixth seed. And I love Kansas City. Pat Mahomes is my dude. Like everyone who doesn't love Pat Mahomes, they put up 51 today. It would be crazy to come full circle. Jimmy G tears his ACL the next season afterwards. He's back in the Super Bowl to kind of redeem himself. Travis Kelsey against George Kittle. I would not rule out the Titans, though. They can beat the best of the best on the road. That would be a crazy three wins at Patriots, at Baltimore, at Kansas City. You could argue that's one of the tougher roads you've seen in the last five to ten years to get to the Super Bowl with Ryan Tannehill. Mike Vrabel is on to something. And again, I still think the 49ers are viewed as the most dangerous team, the most complete team. The only weakness is second corner. Minnesota went after it early. The 49ers patched things up and everything went smoothly after that. There's really not many weaknesses on this football team. The weaknesses have been eliminated. Dante Pettis doesn't play anymore. Matt Breida, fumbling, not going to play anymore. Witherspoon, can't cover, not going to play anymore. Uh, one thing to note is that the 49ers looked really fresh coming off the bye week, and the Vikings looked like they were on a short week. And again, they got down, and after the muff punt, it was truly over. They, they quit. I think they like punted down 17 with like seven minutes left in the fourth. You're down three possessions punting in the fourth quarter of an NFL playoff game where you're, you've got to survive. Come on. There's no style points. Mike Zimmer lost a little bit in my book for punting in the fourth quarter down three possessions, down 17 points. You've got to make something happen. And it's like he didn't want this thing to become 41-10. He, you know, he didn't even care about winning at that point. He knew it was over. He wanted to save face. And that's tough. And the Vikings are actually going to lose Stefanski and uh, Daniels, their defensive coordinator. So they got to reload completely next year. Mike Zimmer is getting tired of this shit. Not going well in Minnesota. They keep fizzling out. The 49ers were able to leapfrog them. They found an opening in the NFC. The A, speaking of that, the Rams, Super Bowl hangover, real thing. 49ers got to worry about losing the Super Bowl and still taking it in a positive direction if that happens. Because it easily could. Anything can happen in a Super Bowl. Let's get there first. Let's go to a quick break. We're going to talk to Untuck It. And then look at the Green Bay Packers. Because that's what's on everyone's mind. It's the next opponent. The 49ers crushed them the first time. Let's re-examine what the matchup's going to look like a little bit. And even look further ahead to Miami in the Super Bowl. Yes, I have already bought my tickets to Miami. I will be there during the week. If you're going, we'll have to meet up. We'll have to figure it out. I've never been to Super Bowl week. All right, let's hear from Untuck It. We'll be right back. Untuck It shirts are stylish. They fit just right. They fall at the right length. There's no matter his size. So it looks casual and sharp. Untuckit.com. Promo code BLUE. That's 20% off. Untuckit.com, promo code BLUE, 20% off. 
you're gonna want these shirts because there's 50 different combinations and if you wearing this ugly XL shirt that just doesn't fit right you know who notices that girls you know who notices that your bosses people who are gonna promote you you want to be looking nice and tight people don't tuck in their shirts all the time so get and untuck it don't have this thing that's looks like a dress on you from their competitors untuckit.com promo code blue 20 percent off at checkout welcome back welcome back shout out if you are a new listener shout out to new 49ers fans there's been some memes pointing out how empty the stadium has been I know thousands of people have been listening for a few years and those thousands are growing. It's awesome. Blue Wire, this podcast network, is full of content, just like KJ, me, myself, uh, delivering you unique takes, not the local stuff you've been getting for a while and not the national stuff that doesn't dive deep enough on the 49ers. That's Blue Wire. We're right in between. What is that called? Goldilocks or whatever. (laughs) not too hot not too cold blue wire it's right in the middle um we are as good as the national outlets the ringer and barstool we're going to be growing and giving you the the team by team analysis topic by topic analysis you want okay let's talk packers because they came into levi stadium in a hyped sunday night matchup and got absolutely curb stomped 37 to 8 Aaron Rodgers had one of the worst games of his career. He threw like for 110 yards. Um, And meanwhile, Jimmy G was incredible. He threw a 42-yard touchdown to Debo. George Kittle raced for a 61-yard touchdown. This was blowout from start to finish. Fred Warner forced a fumble in the first possession of the game. The crowd was rocking. The 49ers feel as comfortable as possible going up against an NFC championship opponent as you can they've crushed this team before Aaron Rodgers is not mobile Devontae Adams is truly the only weapon I think Green Bay is going to do some unique things by trying to put him in the slot a lot get him matched up on Kwan Williams try and do you know some significant things to keep him away from Richard Sherman I didn't get why Adam Thielen wasn't going on the second corner as much as he usually does I don't know if that was tells in the run game or things like that but if I was Minnesota I would have been targeting Emmanuel Mosley even more I would have gone almost every throw there and remember I think the Lions did this with Matt Stafford one year and really put up some crazy big passing yards and truly targeted Witherspoon every play now it won't be Witherspoon but that type of game plan warrants some consideration if you're Green Bay this week you came here last time, tried to do some things in the shotgun, got completely obliterated. They're probably not going to get the run game going. So if I'm Green Bay, I'm way more worried about my offense this week than I am my defense. I actually have faith that Mike Pettin won't be as bad as last time. He's that good of a football coach. And he knows Kyle enough that maybe he can guess on a couple things correctly. I think the 49ers are going to win by 10 points, but I think the game is going to feel close. Green Bay's defense turned up a notch against Seattle. Preston Smith, their D-line can get pressure. 
Um, you know, the defense isn't scary, though. It's not on the level of San Francisco's. There's not someone that's a game wrecker, truly. They can get after the quarterback. If the 49ers lost the game, I would say it's because their O-line really let them down. Because Green Bay's front seven could get cranked up to a point where they are forcing turnovers. And even if they got three or four sacks, if they were timely enough, that could you know, prevent the 49ers from really gaining the lead, momentum. I see Twitter arguments about momentum. There is momentum in football. I love analytics. I lean towards the analytics side, but you can't measure human emotion. You actually can't measure certain things. Um, I'll, I'll say this about the Packers. Even though it's Matt LaFour's first year, it doesn't feel like they're an inexperienced football team. And their record, they don't win impressively, but they get up early. And even though they kind of dick around for a little bit, like they just, they hold people off. We all thought Russell Wilson was going to come back. I, you know, all of us, everyone on Twitter, we thank you for knocking them out. But there, there's something to say about the Packers knocking out the Seahawks. It's that they can hang in there when when blows get tough. So I see the game playing two ways. The 49ers, like last week, kind of taking control. And in other words, you know, the Packers could go blow for blow. They could make enough big plays. Devontae Adams is going to have to go for 100 yards. They're going to have to find their yardage somewhere. I would not expect an exact replica of 37-8 this time around. 49ers will be playing second on Sunday night. They'll know who their Super Bowl opponent is before. i almost rather play first because of that. There's a little bit of a look-see-ahead syndrome that can happen. I'm just trying to think of everything at play here. 49ers are healthy. It was weird. We haven't mentioned George Kittle's name once. We're like 20 minutes into the podcast. And he's, you know, been the, the offense's MVP most of the year. They didn't really use him that much against the Vikings because they didn't need to. I think this will become a big George Kittle game. I do like the strategy of Jimmy G coming out throwing. That is a good way to get the lead. God, his interception is always a ah, bite your finger. Like, there it is. It just creeps up every week. It's so similar to Tony Romo. But you got to say, like, he's never shitting the bed. And not that Lamar Jackson shit the bed. Tennessee had a great game plan by blitzing almost on every down. But it feels like Jimmy G is not going to lose them games. He's going to make a mistake or two. But he's not going to be the reason the 49ers lose games. And that... And in and of itself is why the 49ers are, you know, a Final Four team here in the NFC Championship game. Jimmy G, all season long, has made a mistake. He has not been a mistake-driven quarterback. There's a huge difference there. Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, people who have similar snaps, have been mistake-driven quarterbacks. Mistakes have just kind of found them. Jimmy G seems to play his way out of them. He does have a better coach. His weapons are about the same as everywhere else. They're they're pretty above average. And I do love my guy Debo and Emmanuel Sanders. But just in terms of some of the other upper echelon wide receiving cores, even look at Minnesota. 
They are better than Green Bay. It feels like Rodgers is just, it's going to be a lot for him to carry them with this receiving core they have with a first-year head coach. It's a huge accomplishment. They honestly made it this far. And even though he's the most playoff experienced person in this game and he's probably in control even more than Shanahan or any other player on the field, I don't think he has enough around him this year. It would take Jimmy G imploding, the 49ers muffing punts. And even then, like I think they could still hang in there. I have that much faith in the 49ers this week. It's going to be a different story in the Super Bowl. They're going to go in the favorites in the Super Bowl, I think, even if the Chiefs blow out the Titans. The 49ers are just complete. They have a complete team. Kyle will be able to figure out who to scheme up on the Chiefs. And it's crazy. All the head coaching vacancies are filled. There's going to be four teams here with assistant coaches getting amazing experience, leading a team to a Super Bowl, and every coaching hire is filled. Robert Sala, again, I tweeted it. He lucked out. He did not want to go there. He did not want the Browns to pick him. I don't think it would have panned out there. Jimmy Haslam, God bless him. God bless the organization there. It's too much pressure on your first ever head coaching job. It's it's really like the fans and the media and the whole thing all together is a pressure cooker. That's it's a unique circumstance. And you know Robert Sala is freaking impressive. But I think he'll get a better situation with better ownership, more stability. We don't even know if Baker's going to be a franchise guy. So Kevin Stefanski inherits a huge rebuilding project and all new coaching staff coming in there. And again, Kyle Shanahan, that whole staff is coming back next season. How is this happening? They went 13-3 and and no one from this staff is going to leave. You may have some linebackers, coaches leave to go be coordinators, stuff like that. But it's it's looking like Mike McDaniel is going to be back on offense. Chris Kusark, D-line. I mean, Robert Sala is coming back. This is a damn good coaching staff from top to bottom. Kyle has put smart minds in here. Game plans are being executed. The team is close together. Um. This is the year. This is the 49ers year. It is there for the taking. The Super Bowl, the Lombardi Trophy, first time since Steve Young, since the 94-95 season. Could this be happening? Could a Lombardi be returning to San Francisco? Could there be a parade on Market Street in early February? I'm thinking yes. I'm thinking there could be a parade Market Street, Jed York said this in a press conference. It's going to come truer sooner than we think. And God forbid they lose next week to the Packers. You know, we would call this season a disappointment. But however, you know, they win this Super Bowl, they could repeat. And it has me thinking about Mike Shanahan, was an O coordinator for a long time. He was the O coordinator the last time the 49ers won the Super Bowl. And then he went on to win some Super Bowls. Just like Kyle, he didn't win that Atlanta one, but he got all this experience as an O coordinator. Now he's he's turning San Francisco into what his dad did with Denver. I think it's going to be a big-time program the next two years. And then he could win back-to-back Super Bowls. We're getting ahead of ourselves this far. Striking Gold podcast. 
KJ on the mic, Kyle Shanahan, favorite to win the Super Bowl this year. If he does that, they lock everyone up in the offseason, improve the roster a little bit. Who's going in the favorite next year in the NFC? It's not going to be Seattle. It's not going to be Green Bay. It's not going to be Minnesota. It's not going to be anyone in the NFC East. You're talking big boy favorite. And then you're talking different expectations. The first game of the season, Levi Stadium, Thursday night. They're going to be in the conversation. You know, these are, of course, you want this. You want this pressure. But it does feel like Warriors' first ever season, 14-15 with Kerr. And the rise up and the unexpected nature of this. And it's a perfect storm. And it was the year that the NFC kind of Drew Brees bowed out early. Russell Wilson. Seahawks didn't have that much. Aaron Rodgers. They kind of overachieved. They shouldn't be this good. It's there for the taking. Going to be an interesting offseason. Dante Pettis could get cut. You're going to see some movement. 49ers actually don't have that much cap room. I want to say they're like in the bottom 10 teams with cap room now. Crazy how quickly that flips. I'm getting Kittle and or Buckner under contract, preferably both. But I know there's going to be some cap room things they're going to have to juggle. And they have more flexibility with Buckner to give him a one-year extension off of his rookie deal. Kittle's only going to become more and more valuable. You could get him for less than $100 million by just doing it now. You'd want that to at least be a four-year deal. You wouldn't want it to be three. got to get that fourth year and feel good about that. Jimmy G, obviously under contract. Um, it, You hate to say this, but they can bring in anyone at running back, and I'm pretty confident that they'll be able to figure that out. I do love Raheem Mostert. I don't mind building around him. It sucks to see Brita. This is crazy. What happens in the playoffs determines, you know, the tone totally for next season. They're going to get Ronald Blair back. Eric Armstead's going to be the biggest decision and someone I could see them losing in free agency. He might have played his way to a big deal somewhere else, and they're just not going to have enough to pay him. They're going to, they're going to pay DeForest Buckner over him. He's a year younger. And it's just been more reliable. But I'll tell you what, man. Armstead's been fantastic. And he's dealt with a lot of crap, a lot of different regime changes, criticism from people like me. And he's he's balling out. And this D-line would feel his loss. I do think Ronald Blair can step up and play a similar type of role. And maybe not be as good of a run stopper, but definitely you know on the same level as a pass rusher. I think Ronald Blair could have seven, eight sacks with the proper playing time. So it might be a, a next man up situation there. And it stinks not having a ton of draft picks either. You're looking at this roster right now, striking gold. Um, Dre Greenlaw, I like him on the field. We had to figure that out. I thought the 49ers linebackers did a really good job in coverage. Fred Warner didn't hear his name a ton, but he didn't hear anyone's name a ton for the Vikings. It was an incomplete pass. Every time Cousins dropped back or they were just getting sacked. It was a bad, bad performance for Minnesota. You got to feel discouraged if you're a Vikings fan. It can happen. It can totally happen. Striking gold. Yeah, I mean, looking back, Aaron Rodgers did not have a completion 
for over 15 yards last time he played the 49ers. I don't think the Packers got a ton better. The 49ers are going to have to be that sound in their coverage. Kwan Williams will be a big player in the NFC Championship game. They're going to go after him as much as they're going to go after Mosley. I think you're going to see two wide receivers split to the left side of the field quite a bit. And Kwan Williams is going to be matched up with Devontae Adams as much as they can. Green Bay is not going to be able to do it every play. Because then they'll just move Richard Sherman. They're going to have to strategically set up Devontae Adams to make big plays on K1 Williams. That's a way I can see Green Bay winning. This is not an automatic slam dunk win, but you're damn <laughs> sure feeling better as opposed to playing Russell Wilson for the third time this season. Both games have been decided on the very last second. Mobile quarterbacks give this team a problem. If you're not a mobile quarterback, 49ers can generally handle you that's been the story they shit the bet against matt ryan i'm not counting that but everyone else you can't move around in the pocket you haven't really given the 49ers problems you could run the ball with them you could but i the packers with jones i i just don't see them being able to rev up the engine that much against this defensive front Clowney again was kind of having his way um just looking at the packers o-line they're about the same as the 49ers. They both gave up 2.2 sacks per game this season. They're both like ranked 12th or 13th in the league. So very similar O-line outputs you're going to get from both these teams. Yeah, let's recap this thing. Putting a bow on it, 49ers go out and manhandle the Vikings. They prove really any doubters wrong. Richard Sherman had the tide-changing play with the interception. They settled for a couple field goals, but ultimately they rammed the ball down the Vikings' throat. Jimmy G came out throwing. They can win in just any way, shape, or form. But it's really the D-line. The D-line has been the unit. When this team is as dominant as they can be, the D-line has flipped the quarterback upside down, shaken his pockets out. They did that to Kirk Cousins. They really, like, steamrolled him at the end. Like, I picture, like, a, a tractor or something, like, running over something very slowly, methodically. Um, they kind of just crush the Vikings soul and they, they tend to do that. It's hard not to pick against them. Like how, how could you pick them to lose the Vikings? It would take, like I said, Devontae Adams would have to go off. Um, the 49ers would have to, you know, really blow this thing. They're in the driver's seat. They're the heavy favorites, seven points bet online.ag. Um, I think the 49ers will handle business against the Packers Kyle Shanahan's too good of a coach. Matt LaFleur just doesn't have enough. Packers are a feel-good story. They made it far. Mike Patton, you can't underestimate him. And I think Green Bay has a defensive front. Ultimately, I think it's going to be like 31-20, 32-17, something like that. 49ers take control of the game late. It's their D-line. It, it truly is their D-line. They're playing at home. Levi's is a home field advantage. It was turned up. And, you know, recapping this, kudos to this organization. They have the right pieces at all the right places. <laughs> They've overachieved in a sense that people thought they would get here one day, like year four, year five. Everyone believed in Kyle. It just came to fruition so much quicker than anyone thought. 
even them in the building, they've got to be a little surprised it's happening. Everyone says Super Bowl or bust, you know, the beginning of the year and OTAs, everyone's pumped up. They truly have gone out week after week and really executed. When they've made mistakes, they've been able to fight through them. It's been an incredible group of football players to watch. This season's been as exciting as I've ever watched in 25 years of watching the NFL. Kyle is one of the most brilliant coaches. We see it week in and week out. The blocking. Go back and look at some of the running plays. Look at look at the blocking. It's synchronized swimming. They've got an advantage at their head coach. So they're going to have an advantage for the next 10 years. <laughs> Robert Sala is one day going to leave and be a head coach. And that'll be a rivalry. And it'll be fun. And we'll see who they bring in as the next D coordinator. But I trust Kyle's eye for coaching talent. They've been able to develop people like Kendrick Bourne, Emmanuel Mosley, and their first-round pick, Nick Bosa. Yeah, it was worth it last year to suck. And I don't know where they'd be without him. And the building blocks are here in this building. Hope you enjoyed it. San Francisco was turned, by the way, Saturday. I was in Pack Heights at Harry's and then in the marina. Watched from Brixton. Um... They re rented that bar Marengo down there. Listen, I'm, people are going to chirp. Oh, the marina. Hey, I like the marina. I like a, every neighborhood. I used to hang out in North Beach at Pete's. They shut down my place. They made it at Chubby Noodle. Point is, the city was lit. And it is going to be lit Sunday night as well. going to be a holiday the next day. Um, Martin Luther King Jr. Day. So I expect full force 49ers fans out on the streets. And then Miami, the you know, two weeks. I'm going to be there Wednesday night through Saturday and coming home to watch the game. I'm not going to spend $5,000 to see the 49ers win the Super Bowl. I love the team to death, but um, let's hang out in Miami if, you, if people are going to make the trip, if this team makes it. This is freaking unreal. <laughs> I really feel like I'm dreaming right now. Do you remember how much we used to rip this team and Ruben Foster was getting arrested the night before in the hotel and CJ Beathard had snaps going over his head and Kyle really picked all these busts on offense and Solomon Thomas and oh my goodness, Jimmy G tore his ACL. And that quickly, they're mowing teams down in the NFC. It's hard to grasp, but it's here. It's reality. All right, striking gold. Enjoy this episode. And then listen to Rob and Croc. I'll be on again recording Wednesday night. So Thursday morning, there's going to be an episode on this feed every day of the week, pretty much from here on out as the 49ers look to head to the Super Bowl against the Chiefs or Titans. Lots to talk about. Um, hope you enjoyed this recap. All right. Peace. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. 
That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.